The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And good evening, one and all. This is another evening with yours truly, Rob McConnell, here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you would like to send me an email, X-Zone at X-ZoneRadioTV.com on all uh, media social networks, X-Zone at TV. If you would like to visit the X-Zone broadcast network where we have listings of all the shows that are available to you, 724 365 Visit www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, simultv.com, and then in the search engine, type in Xzone. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Cynthia Sue Larson. She is the best selling author of several books, including Quantum Jumps, Reality Shifts, and High Energy Money, who helps people find love, meaning, and prosperity by accessing worlds of possibility. Now, Cynthia has a degree in physics from UC Berkeley, an MBA degree, a doctorate of divinity, and a second black belt in Kuk Sul Wan. And uh, Cynthia is the host of Living the Quantum Dream on the Dream Visions 7 radio network. And joining me now is the one and only Cynthia Sue Larson. And welcome back to the Exxon, Cynthia. Thank you so much, Rob. It's such a pleasure to be on the show with you. Nice having you back with us again. Um, for our listeners who may not have been with us the last time you joined us here in the Exxon, tell them a little bit about yourself and what started you on the um, the crusade or the quest that you're on. <clears throat> well, the, the short version is that I've been fascinated by the true nature of reality. Mm-hmm. And then perhaps pursuant to that fascination, I've experienced some remarkable things um, that are now I think accepted as Mandela effects. Right. But but back in the 1990s when I was really starting my website and writing about this material, mm-hmm. it was not the term. So I was pretty much it's like on thin ice out there. I would imagine <laughs> well, so. Yeah. Yeah. So now I've got a lot more company, um, people who are witnessing that we do appear to have alternate realities mm-hmm. where some of the things that we observe. Could be physiological changes, um, changes in the the Earth's geography and so forth. Right. Uh, for me personally, it, I was just with a couple of friends. We were walking by the Berkeley Marina, and there had been a previously a wide, large, open space that we would walk through together. Yes. And and as I br- brought up the subject very cautiously about have they ever noticed 
things shifting with reality, Mm -hmm. uh, suddenly all three of us noticed that there was a gigantic sundial concrete sculpture there uh, that had been a gift from the sister city of Japan, supposedly. It looked like it had been there for decades, um, but we had never seen it before. Wow. Now, Now, can you explain to us what the Mandela effect is? Well, I'll try. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to be I, honest, I, I know that's gets... a deep question. <laughs> yeah, if you want to go down the the entire rabbit hole and ask uh, what's what's you know why is it happening, I mm. that's conjecture right now. But um, as far as what is happening, yes, people are noticing like Nelson Mandela is where the the term Mandela effect came from, mm-hmm. and a lot of people. Uh, Art Bell, in fact, on Coast to Coast noticed from the number of calls he was getting that people really had remembered that Nelson Mandela had passed away. He died while incarcerated. So this was April 2001 that the phone was ringing off the hook and Art Bell was getting a lot of calls about this. But it took a number of years before the term Mandela effect was actually coined. Um, to mean uh, that something has changed because we remember that Nelson Mandela died while incarcerated, for example. But then um, at that time in 2001, 2008, 2009, Mm -hmm. 2010, he actually was very much alive at that time. Okay. So, so let me, let me just uh, try and help our listeners understand. So reports were being, uh, the reported death of Nelson Mandela, Nelson Mandela, while he was in prison, was being circulated when, in fact, he was still alive. Is that it? Well, that's close. Um, okay. You're getting there. What actually, what people remember is having mm-hmm. seen TV newscasts uh, on all of the major networks. They remember seeing the front page news on every country and continent on earth, just reporting the news that Nelson Mandela has died. So it's not so much just that they have a vague recollection that maybe this happened, but right. they, they actually remember like, wow, look at the mess that's happening now with his widow, Winnie, dealing with all sorts of stuff, mm. just trying to get the estate sorted out. Um, they'll remember details yes, um, and that kind of thing. So it, it's even including people remembering that they learned when they were going to school that Nelson Mandela had died in jail. So... There are all sorts of facets to this, but it's not necessarily that everybody in the world remembers that. So there are people that remember things just pretty much the way they actually match historical facts right now. Okay. um, So how do we explain this? You know, where some people saw news reports of Nelson Mandela being dead and other people have no recollection of the of the events occurring. Right. Well, because I've been tracking this before the so-called Mandela Mm -hmm. effect situation came on the scene, I've been, I was actually tracking it in the 1990s, which was a few years before 2001 when Art Bell noticed it. So had a few years in on this and my take on it, um, let's just put it out there from my, it's my point of view, is that it looks to me like we can expect to see these um, quantum behaviors, the, the very Spooky action at a distance that Einstein called it, where there's entanglement and two particles can be separated across a great distance and still respond as if they're joined at the hip. So you you make a measurement on one and you absolutely know what the other entangled particle is doing. 
Um, you'll also experience quantum phenomena where you'll see a superposition of states, very much like Nelson Mandela alive or mm -hmm. dead. You've heard of the Schrodinger cat experiment, and mm -hmm. that was Irvin Schrodinger um, hypothetically putting a pretend cat, an imaginary cat, inside of a box with a vial of poison and having someone observe that cat. Um, and inside the box, there's a very complex mechanism involving radioactive isotope that de decays at some random rate that we don't know what that is. Therefore, this is the impossible situation that Irvin Schrodinger was pointing out. We are in this ridiculous situation, is what Irvin said, that the cat is both alive and dead at the same time. With the Mandela effect, we're actually witnessing people being alive again when we had seen reports that they had died. Could those reports have just been the result of fake news? Well, um, you know, keep keep in mind this is before the term fake news came out. But of well, course, there's we've had yellow journalism, uh, you know, here in America. Sure. So, I, I would say this is very different for those of us who have experienced it. It doesn't feel the same. Like I know what I know what the so-called fake news is like, where mm -hmm. there's a bias, there's a slant, and yeah. Or, or you, know. You, know, you know, Facebook is filled with these, these, uh, these uh, false statements. And then you, in the earlier days, you had the National Enquirer, World, World Weekly News, that were making up stories that were sensationalistic just in order to sell copy. And right. didn't Nelson Mandela actually, uh, when did he die? In 1999, I think? Um, well, that's yeah. a lot of people remember the 90s, but actually he lived past that. He lived past 2001. He lived past 2009, 2010. Mm. So he just died a few years oh, ago. Oh, I'm sorry. He died in 2013, my producer just said. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> but it becomes a little bit sketchy. So people mm -hmm. will remember, like, he died in the 90s. Someone mm. else will say, no, it was the 80s. And each of them have very clear anchor memories to describe why that that's what they believe. Interesting. Uh, you and I have to take our first break. Cynthia, please stand by. And explanation, our guest this hour is Cynthia Sue Larson. We're talking about the Mandela effect, amongst other things. And if you'd like to find out more information about uh, Cynthia, visit her website at www.realityshifters.com. That's www.realityshifters.com. Now, for all of you, you people out there who have been asking to see the the entire series of In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. Well, we did it. We were able to acquire the rights to the In Search Of uh, series with Leonard Nimoy, all 143 episodes. They will be played and broadcast around the world right here on the X-Zone TV channel. And if you'd like to find out more about the X-Zone TV channel, visit www.simultv.com. And then in the search engine, just type in X-Zone. Speaking about Exxon, Cynthia Sue Larson will be, and I will be back on the other side as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
Explanation, Cynthia Sue Larson is my guest this hour. Her website is realityshifters.com. Okay, Cynthia, are there other examples of the Mandela effect that you can share with us? And um, how does one know if they're actually experience, experiencing the Mandela effect or not? That's a good question. Well, as you mentioned at the introduction, I do martial arts. Mm -hmm. It's um, actually pronounced Kuksul Wands for anybody who's out there who practices this. That uh, it looks like cuck, but it's kook. So oh, okay. one. <laughs> I, I apologize. I did not mean to. Uh... That's okay. Okay. It's all good. So w one thing that we know, if yes. you do any kind of martial art, or even if you like the sport of boxing mm -hmm. or something like that, people are keenly aware of, for example, the location of the kidneys. There's even a term, the kidney punch, right. which is well known. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I were to ask you, show me where your kidneys are, show me what, where to avoid for the kidney punch. You know, most people would immediately be able to put their hands on their lower back, right. kind of the place you would place them if you're tired and you're going mm -hmm. up a big hill and you want to take a break. So it's that location that we all know so well. That is no longer the location where our kidneys are, are situated. And that's true of all whatever 8 billion people on the planet there are. Uh, it seems like we've had an upgrade and our bodies no longer are configured in that way. That's one of many physiological changes that definitely a lot of us remember things used to be different. So when I ask a martial artist, where do you avoid punching or kicking too hard? Because we know that could lead to in serious injury, possible mm -hmm. fatality or death. Um, they're usually quite surprised uh, because they, they remember, like I do, kidneys used to be in the lower back. But now that's not the case. You don't need to be so cautious there. I mean, obviously, you don't want to damage someone's spinal column or nerves, but no longer is it a case where you could whack the tender organs because the kidneys have relocated to a safer location. How do we know now, this? How do we know this? You can check check it out. Check um, check any anatomy text um, to take a look at the current location of where the kidneys are. You'll see they they've moved up. They're under the ribs. They're a little bit protected by the rib cage. And now, for doctors to access, they need to go through the front, no longer through the back, the way some people remember they used to. All right, I'm I'm having a problem with this one because I've had I've had kidney surgery. Wow. So, yeah. so this is amazing. So do you remember where the, where would the scar be? For well, the, well, the scar is in the back. That would make sense for where they used to be. Now I'm curious. Oh. Um, I think usually people's scars do stay the same, but yeah. if you go in and you get a checkup on your oh, kidneys. No, the scar, and do... the scar has not moved. My wife is a nurse. Good. And the scar has not moved. It is in the same place it was uh, two years after the surgery. Okay, the scars often stay there. What's interesting is that if you go in and they need to check on your kidneys now, uh, what's what they do is they come in through the front now. They don't go in through the back. How come this isn't well known? Uh, I think it's going to be well known, but that's a really good question. Right now, a lot of people are, they just think this is ludicrous yeah. or they can't wrap their minds around it. It's It seems too bizarre to be true. Is it, um, is, it, is it possible that the location of the kidneys in some people are not where they are in the majority of people due to a genetic or an anatomical difference? Well, you could account for some small changes that way, but this mm -hmm. seems to be pretty dramatic and pretty global across the entire world. Now, when you say global across the world, how do we know this? 
uh, from just the, like like I've been publishing my newsletter, Reality Shifters, for 20 uh -huh. years. So I get reports from around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been a researcher collecting these firsthand reports like you would do in biology, for example. So it's it's a kind of field science of a sort, like UFO reports. That That's where we are with the Mandela effect right now. Um, so, and, and my background in physics is such that when I look at these reports, I recognize some of the hallmarks of what we would witness within, um, any area of quantum physics. And we're starting to see it pretty much anywhere we look in any other branch of science, whether it's evolution, we'll see evolutionary jumps. Uh, we'll see a lot of quantum behavior happening in biology, uh, definitely seeing that. So, okay. okay, my producers just uh, uh, checked something out uh, on uh, the web, and this is from a leading uh, medical university, and they say the kidneys are a pair of bean-shaped organs on either side of your spine, below your ribs, and behind your belly. Okay. What you want to do is um, actually go into the doctor, and you know, if you get a checkup, not that you need one, mm -hmm. only do it if you need one, yeah. but... I've heard from reputable sources that they used to have doctors check them on the back, mm -hmm. the lower back, and now that's not where they're approached because that's not the easy access point. It's definitely through the front. They're up higher toward the rib cage than they used to be. Uh, but, but you said they're behind the rib cage. Uh, they're slightly inside of it. So they're still, they're, they've just kind of moved up and a little bit more protected. And the access point okay. is now the front, okay. not the back. So what do you think is causing these changes? I think this is the way nature works. So my premise is that um, we live in a remarkably unlikely universe. Mm -hmm. I, I like to look at it from the spiritual side. So to me, I take a, an optimistic view that we can see that this is the best of all possible worlds and that as conscious observers, we're helping to make that so. Would this account for all the different sightings of, let's say, Elvis Presley that people have had over the years? It actually might be a contributing mm -hmm. factor. Um, probably, I know it sounds crazy to say so. <laughs> That's a funny example. But yeah, it, I couldn't rule that out. It's quite possible. Would that also account for people who say, who say that I've, I know I put my keys here and they're gone now? Absolutely. Yes. And that's kind of where I came in on the topic right. when I start, started my website was noticing that things, objects that seem like they should not be moving around are definitely like teleporting around and not where you left them at all. They're in a totally different location. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not a physicist. I, I'm not a quantum physicist. But something that comes to mind that if something was moved at a molecular level, would that not change the entire area where the, the rift occurred? Why just the keys? Wouldn't there be an indentation in a table? Wouldn't there be some other evidence that there had been a rift in the, in the very, in the very fabric of, of time and space? Because that's what would happen if there was a quantum shift. Yeah, well, that's I guess that would be one possibility. But what I notice um, these shifts in my daily life, mm -hmm. it, they don't seem like that. Uh, I'll notice something different than I expected, but everything in that different moment seems relatively normal. Okay. So. <laughs> what, what do we know about the physiology and psychology of people who are experiencing the Mandela effect? Okay, a lot of people that are currently reporting the Mandela effect, mm -hmm. if they take um, the Myers-Briggs interest inventory, which is a very simple test you can take online, um, it's basically giving you, it gives you a breakdown of your 
tendencies and um, people that experience the Mandela effect mm -hmm. in uh, the majority of the experiencers are what you would consider to be intuitive and feelers. So they tend to kind of reach out to the, their, their vision of the world is one that's very much based on intuition, much more than what you might call an analytical kind of a left brain approach and the feeling side of things rather than thinking, you know, and it's not that they don't think, right. it's just, <laughs> it's just that they're open to that intuitive side. So would we call them for a lack of better classification, new agers? Uh, some people might say that, um, okay. that, I don't know that that's currently the term that's in vogue, but I think people rec really resonate with that. Well, I, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, the the grouping and i you know i didn't want to be negative so i thought that would be a good example um all right so they're intuitive uh they're they are um could we say that they have the 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 same approach to life that that would be found in new in in the new concept of spirituality that seems to be growing amongst the people that is a good fit, yes. Yeah. Um, although there also are some subgroups in the Mandela-affected community that mm -hmm. are what you would call conspiracy theorists. And I would be remiss to not point out that some people believe that um, actually we might be living in a computer simulation. And you'll hear people like Elon Musk talk about oh, yeah. that. But when you hear the Mandela-affected people talk about it, mm -hmm. um, then they can kind of go into a um, sort of a, not necessarily a dark place, but... When, once they're living it, then they can start feeling like, what's the point? You know, things are changing and I want my old earth back, which I don't think that's a helpful mindset personally. No, I agree uh, with you. But I can certainly understand why, because uh, some people are saying we don't live in the same part of the Milky Way that we used to live in. We're in a different part of the universe, um, that the continents have changed. Our bodies are changing, mm -hmm. not, not just the kidneys, but the heart. And the skull, and lots of things are happening that seem very different. It's called Some evolution. <laughs> exactly. All right, stand by, Cynthia. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. And Dexon Nation, our guest this hour is Cynthia Sue Larson. Her website is realityshifters.com. Once again, the X Chronicles newspaper is available with our compliments to one and all. All you have to do is go to www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Each edition is a minimum of 92 full-color pages. And once again, to get your copy, you can download it, read it online, do whatever you'd like with it, but share it with people. There's some great articles in there. I shouldn't say some great articles. They're all great articles at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. I'm Rob McConnell, Cynthia Sue Larson, and I return after this news break. Don't go away.
Welcome back. Cynthia Sue Larson is my guest, www.realityshifters.com. It's, it's a very interesting concept of the Mandela effect. But, when, but has this happened throughout history, or is this something that has just started to happen? And if so, when? When can we pinpoint the actual shift that people are noticing? Well, a lot of people are looking to see when that shift might have happened, but I've been tracking this for over 20 years, mm -hmm. and the best that I can see is even though we didn't have the Internet, we've always, or at least as long as we've had newspapers and journalism, we've had reports such as when Mark Twain said that the rumors of his death were greatly exaggerated. But right. but, but that whole quote came about because there had been a newspaper editor who had actually heard a report that maybe Mark had, Mark Twain had right. passed away. And so and when I look at science, that's where it seems to, the story starts becoming quite clear. I mentioned evolution earlier on, but mm -hmm. we're now witnessing very quantum behavior in all of nature that in just um, a single generation, a species can evolve. Um, that would be like a bacteria evolving on a Petri dish so that it can digest the, the nutrient auger that it was given to eat, mm -hmm. um, where originally it might be lactose intolerant, so it can't eat the milk-based product, that kind of thing. So we're definitely witnessing, um, thanks to our technology right now, we're getting a real view of the world through quantum eyes, also because quantum physics is making inroads into every single branch of science, which never was the case before. So we're starting to get an insight as to the observer's role in all of creation, that the way that we observe absolutely can make a difference in what we're seeing. It seems that the word quantum is a buzzword these days. Uh, people seem to be using it to express something that cannot be explained. For example, in the last minute, you've used the word quantum six times. Yes. What, what is the and, mean, what, well, what to to our listeners who are saying what what's quantum? Quantum. They've heard about it, but describe what you mean when you say quantum. Okay, um, it was a term that was created around 1900 when um, Max Planck, a physicist, was uh, coming up with a word to describe the tiniest little building block of matter. Mm -hmm so that we could conceptualize something so tiny that once we figured out what that was, we would have a clue as to how all of the rest of reality comes together. And that was a great idea. Um, so a quantum particle then would, might be an electron. When you look at an atom, which is um, smaller than a molecule, <laughs> the atom, uh, we think of the, the atomic age, um, the, the age of the atom, and atom smashers mm -hmm. would be the large hadron-type colliders and so forth. Um, but an atom has a nucleus, and it's got these electrons that buzz around, flying around on the outside. And an atom, although it's very material, and it is a, it's made of solid stuff, there's a lot of space. It's mostly empty space. So, so, so the, it seems that an atom is much like our solar system. It looks a little bit like that, but the only difference would be that if you could see Pluto gets a jolt of energy and then mm -hmm. suddenly it's it's in a different orbit now right then right. you'd have very something very similar we don't usually notice our planets making a jump and suddenly being quite a ways farther from the sun but um, we'll definitely see electrons do that 
You, you were saying earlier that people that there are those people who believe that the Mandela effect could be caused by our, our movement within the Milky Way. Well, they're noticing that that has changed and um, that, that they remember that we used to be in one place and the, the sun looks different. Some people think that the sun used to be yellow and now it's white. They think the planet is smaller. Um, so people who are quite upset upset about this um, really get a distinct feeling that this isn't even the same planet it's not even the same part of the solar system and they'll look for um, residue of these reality shifts of these other realities by um, looking at for example Carl Sagan's um, TV shows where he would talk about how we used to be in the Mm -hmm. Sagittarius arm and it doesn't seem like we're there anymore and it wouldn't he wouldn't make a mistake like that so that's that's something that's happening thanks to the Mandela effect is people, thanks to the Internet also, are the communities are coming up to talk about how they remember that things used to be very different. Could it just be false memories? <clears throat> that's one theory. And uh, it seems like that's a pretty good theory. Unless For me, it's the physiological changes that really get to me um, because... That, that seems to indicate something has changed. Like the position of the heart also seems different to a lot of people. I remember if I wanted an accurate blood pressure reading, then mm-hmm. I would offer my left arm because the heart was, everybody knew it's slightly on the left side of the chest, not exactly in the center. Right now it's pretty much exactly in the center yeah, of right our chest. Yeah, right behind the sternum. Yeah. And I don't remember it being there. So, you know, some people remember things differently. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's that's sort of mind-boggling <laughs> yeah and so, as far as taking blood pressure the you know you, it, de- it depends on on where your doctor wants to take the pressure because the pressure is the same on both sides if the pressure yeah, is high on one side they'll check the other side if they you know and so on and so forth plus the pressure in the ankles as well that's true now yeah. and i think it's very interesting because i remember when that wasn't true and why would i remember it that way well, because well, it's, maybe it's, they didn't do it but like that back then Well, that's the weird thing about Mm. the so-called false memory. It's like, why would so many people remember the same bizarre thing? And I I, I don't know that they were changing the way that they do it. I don't hear about changes in protocol. Like now we always come in the front for the kidneys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, why would that change like that? Well, it's strange. You know, it's medical science advances and so do surgical techniques. And as newer and better techniques are discovered where the stress isn't as hard on the patient, then the articles get written up and doctors follow it because at the end of the day, a doctor wants to be able to help a patient and cause them at least the less pain possible during a surgical procedure so that the recovery will be less painful and uh, without, a less, you know, without a higher risk of infection. You know, uh, I, I've had the pleasure of working as, uh, with the International Institute for Spinal Regeneration and I know that over the past 20 years, there's been a lot of changes in spinal research and spinal surgery. And, Absolutely. You know, so, so I'm sure I, that the way they did spinal surgery 20 years ago was a little different from the way they do it now. Oh, it's definitely. One thing that reporters are noticing mm-hmm. when they investigate the Mandela effect, and sometimes it's quite shocking, is that there will be one particular thing that gets them. Like one, one reporter noticed watching the James Bond film Moonraker, I think mm-hmm. it was, there's a character named Dolly who he remembers clearly. She used to have braces, 
in the scene that's quite pivotal in the movie where she's talking to this or looking at this character named Jaws. And he has a mouthful of teeth. Yep. He's a bad guy. You remember the guy. Yeah. Um, and, she, and she opens her mouth and she has a she has a braces or something as well. I remember that scene. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you look at the movie now, mm -hmm. you'll see that she's never had braces. That was never part of the movie. There's no version of that with her having braces. It could be a re-edit. That happens all the time. Look at what happened uh, up here in Canada. Uh, Home Alone Christmas. You know when little guy goes into Macaulay Cochran, uh, Cochran goes into the, uh, the the hotel and asks Donald Trump for directions. Right. That was cut out. Wow. You know, so well, so these things happen. Well, and the reason I'm mentioning the yeah. journalists is because you know journalists they dig deeper. Not so that's all what... of them. Not all of them. Well, this guy for San Diego City Beat did. He went a lot deeper. Mm -hmm. He he uh, found out his own personal copy of Moonraker that yeah. he used to watch right. that had the braces. Yeah. No one's been in his basement. No one tampered with it. It's his own video, his own home thing. He played that, mm -hmm. and it had changed. I don't know what to say, but, you know, to me, that maybe he had an old copy. I, I don't know. And it got weirder. Uh. How much weirder can it get? <laughs> oh, it got really weird. Because then uh, he noticed that a picture of mm -hmm. his um, father was on the wall, and it was a, a completely different configuration. So it's like the photo itself, his family photo. So it's not something that everyone would know what mm -hmm. his family photo looked like. But to him, it had always been a certain way, and now it was completely different. That is strange. That is strange. Uh, was he the only one who noticed this family photo difference or were other members of the family also saying, hey, what the heck happened to this picture? Where's dad or where's mom? They weren't doing that the last time we saw it. <laughs> well, when he published the story, I think it was just him. Subsequently, I'm sure the whole family heard about it. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I'd love to follow up and find out. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if the family said, what are you talking about? The pictures, that's the way it's always been. Yeah, right. Maybe he was wrong. Who knows? We've got to take our final break here, Cynthia. Please stand by. And Nation, our guest this hour is Cynthia Sue Larson, www.realityshifters.com. Tell me, Nation, are you a believer or are you a skeptic when it comes to the Mandela effect? Send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, and we'll publish the, the results uh, where we usually do on the exxonradiotv.com website. Wow. The weekend is here already. I hope everyone has a great weekend that, you know, you all deserve to relax, spend time with the family because during the week they've missed you and it's always great to reconnect with those you love and those who love you. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon with Cynthia Sue Larson from our broadcast center and studios in, Ham uh, whoops, we're not in Hamilton anymore. We're in Niagara, Ontario, Canada.
And we're back with Cynthia Sue Larson. We're talking about the Mandela effect this hour here in the X-Zone. Her website is realityshifters.com. Cynthia, I understand that you were at a Mandela effect conference. And uh, what were some of the topics that were covered there? Oh, thank you for mentioning that. Yes, it was wonderful. Uh, We had the quantum businessman there talking about Gilligan's Island, and he interviewed his parents uh, talking about some family songs, uh, John Denver songs that he remembered, and uh, also some manned animals. These are Mandela-affected animals, um, such as beavers that just have remarkably orange teeth, for example, and giraffes that eat meat and that kind of thing. So that was one talk. Um, All these are on YouTube, on Mandela Effect Conference channel on YouTube. Uh, Shane Robinson of Unbiased and on the Fence gave a remarkably excellent talk about changes in the maps because he had actually sketched every continent on Earth and written the word love in all these languages and noticed that they were completely shifted in some places. You could zoom in and see the changes. Um, And then we had Lauren Canel Pavelka. She gave a very personal account of how the Mandela effect for her really is a miracle effect. And it can be life-changing because if you've got a genetic predisposition toward a disease that's uncurable, like she does and her family does, then you can experience miraculous changes which seemed to be very much part of the Mandela effect. And then uh, we also had Kimberly Lynn Hansen from Canada, an artist, an internationally famous artist, (laughs) who brought a display of beautiful art that she'd created all about the Mandela effect and some of the messages that we can find in that art. And then uh, the MC was known as Dark Wolf, um, Jerry Hicks, and he did a wonderful job of describing how right now in history, we'll probably be able to look back and see that um, right here in the year 2020, we're at the point where people used to be with the UFO phenomenon, where people made fun of them, uh, but then now the governments of the world are coming forth and saying, uh, we're patenting anti-grav technology and that kind of thing. So, (laughs) All right, I have to ask you, you were saying that uh, something about beavers with with orange teeth. Yes. Now, are, do they have orange teeth or they don't have orange teeth? I'm trying to understand which side of the coin this is on. Well, what do you think? This is always interesting. <laughs> well, I, I, I've, seen, I've seen beavers because we live up here in Canada. I've seen right. beavers uh, because that have orange teeth. And I've also seen beavers with the regular kind of colored teeth. And, and I know for a fact that um, that it has something to do with the enamel on their teeth and iron and magnesium. Yes, yes they've got actual metal yeah. in their teeth, right. which is it gives the teeth an orange color. Yeah. And now, now they do have orange teeth. And some people don't remember that. They, they think that's definitely something different. But yet it's not. Like, uh, and then also the other manned animal mentioned in the video on the YouTube channel Mm -hmm. had to do with giraffes eating meat, that they're carnivorous. And a lot of people had never heard of that. But just because somebody hears, doesn't hear about it, does does that mean that it's part of the Mandela effect? 
Well, it's, it's mostly the Mandela effect is an interesting phenomenon because what we're looking for is something where we see a distinction that there absolutely was a different history in place. And you're right when you point out um, maybe just because no one mentioned it, they didn't yeah. want to gross out the kids. Um, but then you would have seen when you go to the zoo that there would be uh, giraffes munching on meat. And now yeah. you can see that. And why didn't we ever notice that before? Well, could it be that you just answered it because we never noticed it before, because it wasn't brought to our attention? But I, why? That, that's the question. Well, so. okay, let's say that you're on a safari, okay, and you're in Africa, and you see a giraffe licking a carcass. To you, that's not normal, because you believe, based on what you've known so far, that, bull, that giraffes don't eat meat. So right. if you were to see a giraffe licking meat... Um, and, and giraffes have a very well-known habit of chewing bones. Now, this is, this, is, this is a fact. It's a zoological fact that they chew bones. So if you didn't know that, you would think that this was strange and that, you know, this has got to be something that is not normal. Unless you know all the facts, how can you make a claim that something isn't normal? And the reason that these are not perhaps the best... Um convincing arguments for an individual. Mm. Uh, I think you're making a good case for that. What matters is when you notice in your own life that you've seen something flip-flop or that there's something that you absolutely remember, and it's definitely different. So, Give me an example of that. Give me an example of something that that a person that you've heard of has said, you know, I, I know this for, for as an experience, my own personal experience. This is what happened. This is what it was. Well, for myself, mm -hmm. I used to work, I do my laundry every day and, or, you know, once a week at least. And when I was turning one of the dials, the knobs on the machine, mm -hmm. suddenly it needed to be turned a different direction and a different amount. I had to actually stop, stare and look at what was going on because I couldn't just use my muscle motor memory and start the dryer the way I'd always done before. It was completely different. And that's something that only I would notice. It's something only startling to me. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a personal kind of a reality shift, a personal Mandela effect. I guess. Um, with this yeah, this lady who was talking at the conference who had these, um, had this, all what was it, a, a, a life-altering disease? Yes, there are some genetic conditions that are pretty much lethal, uh -huh. and they can be passed along through families. Right. And, and um, so she's actually been on a journey to talk with all of the medical professionals that she, because she wrote a book about it, Mandela Effect or Miracle Effect, mm -hmm. 20 Reasons Why I Am the Wolf and You Are Too. And her doctors along the way, her nurses, her specialists mm -hmm. were amazed. And they started noticing that this Mandela Effect is real, um, partly because of their experience with her and also just noticing that uh, this starts explaining a lot of otherwise totally inexplicable things, even in the realm of science. Could the Mandela effect be a, a, a phrase that is used when people do not understand what they're seeing? And there could be a logical explanation for something that seems so unlogical to people. Yes, you can always use um, just regular classical logic and mm -hmm. your analytical side of your mind um, to you know, sort things through. Yeah. I, it, we did notice in some of the talks at the conference that we had in Idaho in November, uh, both Shane Robinson pointed it out and so did Lauren Cannell-Pavelka, that 
there definitely is an intuitive aspect to this Mandela effect. And a lot of people do not naturally take to that intuitive mm -hmm. approach toward life. But if you do, if you start moving more into the intuitive, intuitive side of viewing the world, um, it's likely that you can start seeing, you know, some of, some of this kind of magic or miracle or Mandela effect. Now, we know for a fact that certain conditions, uh, environmental conditions, can, and I don't want to sound as if I'm trying to be nasty here or not. I'm not. I'm just trying to find an explanation. Affect the, the, the human psyche. Is it possible that the Mandela effect is actually being caused by environmental effects and not a Mandela effect? Well, um, we might be able to suspect that would be a possibility, mm -hmm. but um, I've been following the science of, if, you, if you're uh, familiar with the double slit experiment in quantum physics, it's been called the most elegant experiment in all of science. And last year, 2019, um, a joint study between the University of Edinburgh, Scotland, mm -hmm. and University of Vienna, Austria, showed conclusively that two observers at the same place and same time absolutely see two different things. And that's a recognized fact. And that's uh, coming to us thanks to quantum science. But how, but, like, it, but how does that quantify the, the Mandela effect? That gives us a basis by which to recognize that we're not always going to see the same thing, even if we are at the same place and same time. That's why uh, certain people, when they go on paranormal investigations, some see spirits, others don't. Some people see UFOs, others don't. Yes, exactly. Because they're not in tuned into the same frequency. Well, the, the science experiment doesn't mention frequencies, but um, otherwise, I'd, I'd, I'd tend to agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> So what's next for you, Cynthia? We've got about a minute left. Uh, well, I'm working on a new book about the Mandela Effect and its society, mm -hmm. um, Awakening from Me to We. It's really more of a global consciousness. It looks to me like we're in a big global consciousness shift. Our next conference, if, you, if people are interested, it'll be happening in Connecticut uh, first weekend in June. And you can go to MandelaEffectConference.com and check it out. Cynthia, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure talking to you. You're one heck of an advocate for the Mandela Effect, and you bring a good argument to the table. Thank you. Take care of yourself, Cynthia. Exonation, our guest this hour has been Cynthia. I'm sorry, Cynthia Sue Larson, and the website is www.realityshifters.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, send me an email. Do you think that the Mandela effect is real, or is it a condition caused by some outside source? Could it be an environmental effect? Cynthia brought up examples of what the Mandela effect are, and... It didn't not take us very long to actually say, you know what? You're wrong. There are beaver with orange teeth. There are giraffes that may look as if they're eating, eating meat because giraffes enjoy chewing bones. And that you can check up in your good old Funkin' Wagnall. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from right here the studios of the Exxon Broadcast Network in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.